You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 59. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 59. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, supermoms. I hope you're doing great. I am feeling awesome. (laughs) I had some just brilliant, like, breakthrough transformational coaching calls that just went amazingly. Just got back from yoga class. I've got an interview with somebody I'm super excited to talk to. Can't wait to share it with you guys. You know, back in December, I said I was going to be releasing a podcast every other week. I was shifting from every week to every other week. And I realized I don't think I've done that once in 2020. And it's because I've had interviews. And last week, I did a coaching call and played it for you all to hear. So let me know what you prefer. I'm going to do the Q&A every other week still. But did you like hearing Corolla be coached? Did you do you want more of me coaching people on the podcast? Do you like the interviews or do you prefer just answer me answering the listener questions? Go to uh, iTunes. If you leave a review, you can let me know. Or you can go to lifecoachingforparents.com and shoot me an email and tell me that way. Uh, be great to get some feedback. So today, it's a great topic today. Today, we are dealing with friendship conflict. So this is a question coming from Sarah. She writes, our daughter seems to have good friends in general, but somehow at five, there's already drama. Every day, someone tells another girl they won't be their friend anymore or that they're not invited to their birthday party next month. My daughter has a terrible time when she's not in charge of what she and her friends are playing. How do you coach a young girl through communication and understanding their thoughts and feelings? She's a very sweet and kind girl with a stubborn and hard-headed streak. Right from birth, the doctor and nurse told us she's going to let us know what she thinks. So I asked Sarah, where does she notice her daughter come to life? Because I had an inkling. (laughs) that bossing people around was going to be an area where her daughter comes to life. And she writes back, she says she comes to life when she gets to direct everything that's going on and has full attention on whatever she wants to play. She has flourished in kindergarten and is always excited about her day at school and can't wait to go back. And it does sound like the other kids are drawn to her. She did kind of give me a little more information that they like playing with her daughter. She's got a lot of friends. So this is the kind of kid that I would have been best friends with growing up. In fact, Shayna and Marlena, if if you're uh, listening, (laughs) this reminds me of you. Like we grew up on the street together. Now, Shayna and Marlena didn't play very well together because they both wanted to be in charge. They both wanted to be the leaders and uh, boss me around. And I loved being bossed around. 
So this is totally the kind of kid I would have been drawn to because I was so perfectionistic and so scared to like voice my opinion or say the wrong thing that to be around other confident, sometimes sassy, full of life girls was refreshing for me. I felt safe. I could watch them, you know, make mistakes and them get in trouble and kind of learn how to do it vicariously through watching. So it really benefited me to be around kids who were so bold and bossy and fearless. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there that like, there's not like good personality traits and bad personality traits. It's just that certain personality traits like our, you know, you were drawn to each other, right? Like I was so shy and fearful that I was drawn to someone who was so strong and opinionated and confident, really. So my parent education answer to Sarah's question here is, you know, it really sounds like what she's interested in is teaching her daughter some emotional management and communication skills. Right. So the reason that your five-year-old daughter is saying you can't come to my birthday party or I'm not going to be your friend anymore is because she's an experiencing an emotion that she doesn't know how to deal with. And she's come up with a solution, which is to, you know, this kind of withholding of my friendship from you. I call, you know, it's kind of an emotional manipulation. Like I'm going to manipulate you into getting you to do what I want you to do. Now, Sarah's daughter sounds like a natural born leader, like she comes to life when she's in charge. She's very vocal and communicative. These are excellent qualities that we don't want to squash. We do, however, want her to have friends while she climbs her way to the top. So the trick is to teach her some emotional management techniques. When other kids aren't obeying her, I'm imagining she gets pretty frustrated, annoyed, and disappointed. Are there any moms out there who get frustrated, annoyed, and disappointed when your kids don't obey you and they don't follow your directions and they don't do what you ask? This is a pretty normal human reaction. Our kids won't pick up after themselves. Our husband won't do what we want. And we get frustrated because we feel powerless. We want to control them (laughs) so that we can feel better because we aren't feeling good. So it's all about our own emotions. So we might snap at our kids, yell at our husband, or try to manipulate them into trying to get them to do what we want. Okay. So hurt people, hurt people, (laughs) annoyed people, say annoying things. Disappointed people disappoint others. This is kind of how it works. You know, that we tend to like mirror what other people in our homes are feeling. And so if you're going to, you know, I am interpreting it as like, you're being mean to me because you won't do what I want you to do, then I'm going to be mean to you back. Right. So it's just kind of this tit for tat. So there are a few ways you can help your daughter deal with her feelings of frustration, disappointment, or powerlessness. Number one is to talk about your own feelings. So an emotion is, think of it as a one word. A thought is a sentence in your mind. So very often I'll ask my clients, I'll say like, you know, and how, how do you feel? 
And they'll say, well, I feel like I wish I could blah, blah, blah. And it's this like lots of words. Okay. And so what I'm really looking for is a one word emotion. I feel sad. I feel mad. I feel excited. I feel scared. I feel, and there's lots of variations on those, but those are kind of the big four, sad, mad, happy, scared. So start practicing this in front of your child and like modeling, you know, I feel excited about the, our trip we're taking this summer. I feel disappointed that I didn't get everything done. I wanted to get done today. I feel angry that I missed a deadline on a work project. So have you seen those posters? They have, I call them feeling faces. I don't know what they're called, but they're like different emojis and they show different facial expressions. I don't know if emojis are the best ones, but like they have more human looking ones. And so you could print out, go to the internet and print out like feeling faces or emotions, emotion faces. And you can just print something out off the internet that shows all these different kinds of feelings, sad, disappointed, um, frustrated, guilty, And just to start expanding your emotional vocabulary and your child's. If you catch yourself like always saying like, I feel mad. God, I'm so frustrated. I'm so annoyed. If you're like always stuck in like one emotion, then make sure you're shifting into some more vulnerable emotions. We really want to model for our kids. Like I felt scared when you ran to the pool and I thought you were going to fall in. Like it made me so scared and, and I didn't know what you were doing. And so that's why I yelled at you because I was really feeling nervous and frightened. And so we might yell as like an, you know, it feels like mad, but really it's because we feel vulnerable. Or you might say like, I feel embarrassed. Uh, I feel defeated. I feel like I'm not doing it right. And so really make sure you're modeling for your kids, the use of vulnerable emotions, disappointed, sad, scared, defeated, embarrassed, ashamed, guilty, all those, as well as just the like, you know, (laughs) I'm mad at you because you won't follow my directions. All right. Number two. So that's number one is to talk about your own feelings and model it. Number two is to role play with your daughter. So I suggest using like her dolls, her Lego people, you know, Fisher Price, whatever she's got laying around, Polly Pockets, whatever. And you're going to use them to work out common disagreements. So listen to the places where your daughter seems to get into conflict with her friends. You know, it's my turn to go down the slide. No, you have, you just went, it's my turn. And like play it out like the little people you could do with puppets, stuffed animals too, but just show her, her arguments in somebody else. Okay. And so have like, so if you've got these little people and they're like, you said we could play this. Yeah, but I don't want to anymore. Well, that's not fair. Act out the conflict and then have one of them say, you're not going to be invited to my birthday party anymore. We're not friends anymore. And then show the other character feeling very sad. Show that little doll or stuffed animal, whatever, like withdrawing herself, feeling disappointed and maybe like kind of pretend crying 
so that your daughter can see that her words have an impact on other people. Because when they're in a conflict, very often, you know, like I said, hurt people hurt people. So you feel hurt. So you say something mean and they just see, you know, say something mean back. You want your daughter to understand that the inner emotions are sad, scared, disappointed. Okay. So act it out with her dolls, her stuffed animals or Legos, whatever. And then model, show them with the characters, how to take deep breaths, how to apologize, how to forgive, like how to have a conflict, which is what leading us to number three, which is teach girls how to have a conflict. Everybody needs to know for some reason, we uh, give boys more permission. Like we don't think it's bad when boys have a conflict as much as we do for girls. I don't, I don't get that. But Girls are going to have conflicts, especially if they have very close relationships and they're very, you know, intimate best friends, like they're going to have more conflicts. So it's not only normal, but important for kids to learn how to have conflict. Playing with other kids is the perfect opportunity to teach them how to compromise when you don't get your way, you know, how to give a little bit. When things get start getting heated, point out things that you notice. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Like, gosh, I, it sounds like Sophia wants to play with the kitchen and you really want her to play dress up. And I can see that must be so disappointing and frustrating because you both want to play different things. So you're like the announcer uh, announcing the play, the play by play of like, it sounds like Julia would like to play by herself for a while. It sounds like she wants to have a turn to be in charge or to come up with the decisions. And you're kind of just repeating what you're seeing and what you're hearing as the girls are interacting. You're not solving the problem for them. You're just repeating out loud what you see as the conflict and the problem. And then saying like, oh, I'm, I trust you guys to figure it out. I'm sure you'll come up with a compromise and kind of give your trust to them so that they can work it out on their own. Number four, help your daughter to understand herself. Like make comments to her. Say things like, I see your fists clench and you hold your breath when your friend isn't playing the way you want her to. You really would love it if she would just do whatever you want her to do. You like to be in charge. I notice that. You really come to life. I also notice that Emma likes to be in charge sometimes too. And she can only take so much of you being the boss before she wants to be the boss. Uh, is it hard for you when you play with Emma because of that? Which of your friends appreciates you kind of taking charge and is happy to follow along with your ideas and never really seems to be bothered by it? And just kind of have these big picture conversations with your five-year-old. They are definitely old enough to kind of see this and think about things in this way. So the life coaching answer, what gets in our way from helping our children learn to resolve conflict? Well, our inner people pleasers in a nutshell there are so many of us super moms who get stuck thinking that good friends never fight or they never say mean things. When you hear your daughter is one of maybe others, but definitely one of them who's emotionally blackmailing these other girls, withholding friendship, withholding birthday parties, 
oh my goodness, we get embarrassed. We think this is terrible because we would never do that, right? Like we don't want to go through the world hurting people's feelings and being manipulative in this way. And so we think that this is a really huge problem because we view our child's behavior as a reflection of ourselves. We're like, if my daughter is being mean to others, then I must not be doing a good enough job. This is a reflection on my parenting. I must not be doing it right. And we just start telling ourselves all these mean things. When our child is flourishing say academically, socially, physically, we feel like successful moms. We relax. We feel satisfied in our job as parents. But as soon as there's a problem, we blame ourselves. And that's what gets in our way from being proactive problem solvers. Because it's just so easy. It's so tempting to go to like, oh, I'm not doing it right. I should have done better. And that feeling of embarrassment and shame that comes up is so strong and so overwhelming. We just shut down. We're like, you need to stop this right now. You need to change your behavior so that I can feel better. If these thoughts of like, I should have done better. I'm not doing it right. If these motivated us to take productive action, then great. It's not a problem. The problem comes because we're thinking, I'm not doing it right. I should be better than I am. And those thoughts make us feel inadequate, embarrassed, humiliated, ashamed, all these negative emotions. And when we feel this, nobody likes feeling those feelings. Nobody wants to be feeling embarrassed and ashamed and inadequate. And so we run away from that emotion and we run away. We avoid it by snapping at our kids ourselves. We might blame ourselves, get mad at ourselves, and we avoid conflict. We're like, oh, I don't want to have that kid over because when that kid comes over, then my daughter says mean things to her. Then I feel embarrassed. Well, I don't want to feel embarrassed. And so let's just not invite that child over anymore. And then your daughter never learns how to resolve conflict. And you never learn how to process negative emotions because <laughs> adults need to learn that too. We kind of, we do a great job when we're little of like, you know, throwing temper tantrums and things, but then we learn how to suppress the really yucky, scary ones. And we don't learn to like how to bring them up to the surface and allow them to be there without resisting it. So it's the resisting that's gets us into trouble. We try to get our kids to behave so that we don't have to feel like lousy parents. But that the only reason we found, feel like lousy parents is because we're telling ourselves some pretty mean things. So when we avoid our own negative emotions, we aren't going to parent effectively. We're not going to teach conflict resolution skills. We're going to avoid. And one of the biggest ways I hear parents kind of avoiding their own, you know, I'll say um, negative emotions and not wanting to learn how to resolve conflict is by labeling kids as like, oh, she's mean. She's a mean girl. Yeah, she's a bully. I hear parents do this. And so the kids start doing it too, right? She's bullying me. It's a bully. So when we do that, we rob ourselves and our children of the wonderful life skill of resolving conflict compromising, um, apologizing, forgiving, and moving past it. We just kind of stop right there. 
In order to follow the advice here of the parent educator of patiently observing, modeling, and teaching kids that it's okay to have a conflict and how to go about it, your ego cannot be involved. (laughs) This kind of teaching requires a mom to feel calm and confident and relaxed. So can you imagine, just imagine for a minute, that there's another mom out there in the world raising a bossy five-year-old who says, you're not invited to my birthday party and we can't be friends. But the mom of this five-year-old, you're watching her and you're thinking, you know, she's a really good mom. She's got this bossy daughter who's a little manipulative with her friends. But that mom, you're like, wow, I really admire the way she handles it. I really admire the way she talks to her daughter. Can you imagine that? Create that image in your mind and notice how the mom talks to her daughter. What is the mom saying? What is the mom feeling? How does she talk to other moms about these girls who have this conflict? It is totally possible to be a good mom and have a bossy daughter. So we need to separate that out, that your ability to feel like a good mom is totally separate from your daughter's behavior and whether she likes to boss around, whether she likes to, you know, she withhold her friendship. Like all that stuff has nothing to do with you, that you can still be the mom you want to be and have a daughter who behaves this way. That is the clean slate from which you can teach her this very valuable life skill. So today's super mom kryptonite is downplaying awesomeness. Do you struggle to accept a compliment? Do you downplay your achievements and deflect praise when it comes your way? Like if someone, you know, gives you a compliment, you're like, oh yeah, this whole thing. Or, oh yeah, no, no, like, well, look at you. You look great. Is that what you do? How are you at receiving and appreciating gifts when someone gives you a present? Are you like, thank you so much. This is so wonderful. It's so sweet of you. I love it. Or do you feel kind of guilty or embarrassed or you're like, oh yeah, thanks. Uh-huh. And you just kind of like ignore it and set it to the side. If you have a pattern of a dodging positivity coming your way, you might be subconsciously training your energy because this is like good things, compliments, praise, gifts, and these things can fill up our tanks, give us energy, make us feel appreciated and loved. When we say no to that, we're robbing ourselves of the ability to get this energy boost. The reason some people get uncomfortable with compliments and positive attention is that it doesn't match what we say to ourselves inside our own head. We might spend all day thinking, I'm not doing enough. I'm failing as a mom. I should be better than I am. What's wrong with me? And so when someone gives us praise, we're like, you're such a good mom. You're like, no, I'm not. Uh Uh-uh, I'm terrible. (laughs) Because we can't wrap our brains around it because it's contradicting our own inner dialogue. So when we attach our ego to our children's behavior, it means that we struggle to accept praise for our children as well. So 
This is not the scenario here in Sarah's email, but let's imagine for a minute that Sarah was like, my daughter's so bossy. She's mean. She's manipulative. Right. And another mom came along was like, oh my God, I love your daughter. She's so much fun. The kids are so drawn to her. She's got so many good creative ideas. She would not be able to accept that. She'd be like, uh, no, she's not. She's bossy. She's mean and she's manipulative. And so if you have this habit of your doing it for yourself, deflecting praise and compliments, and you attach to your child's, um, you know, your ego to your child's behavior, then you're going to do the same thing with your kid. You're not going to be able to see their awesomeness, how wonderful they are. You're going to want to be humble about it. You're going to say like, oh, I'm sorry. My daughter's so bossy. I know she, she should be nicer than she is. I don't know. I wish I could change her. It's just more comfortable because we're taught that being humble and having humility is good and kind, but sometimes we can take it too far and we only see ourselves as negative and therefore our kids' behavior as negative. We don't want to brag about our kids, right? That would be embarrassing. Like, and then we all know parents like that <laughs> who are like, my kid, I never have that problem with my child. When I ask my daughter to stop, she stops right away. Or my daughter is always kind of thought, I mean, like, nobody wants to be that mom, right? And so we err on the side of humility, which sometimes turns into pointing out our kids' flaws. So there is a difference between bragging and being proud of our kids and being able to see them in an awesome light. So bragging is implying that like my kid is better than your kid or that I am better than you. But being proud of yourself and your kids just means like, I think my kid's amazing. I don't take credit for that. I just think they came out of the womb amazing. And I think your kid is amazing too. Like all of these kids are all so wonderful and amazing and beautiful in all their different ways. I think I'm a good mom and I think you're a good mom and we can both be good moms. <laughs> There's plenty of awesomeness to go around. There's no need to minimize, deflect, or downplay compliments to your children or compliments to you. We are all moms in the trenches, parenting perfectly imperfect children, all of us worthy of praise, recognition, compliments, and all the appreciation we can muster. Today's super mom power boost is to consider banning bossing. There is a movement to ban the word bossy when describing a girl's personality. Popularized by Sheryl Sandberg, supported by Beyonce, Condoleezza Rice, and the Girl Scouts of America. This movement says that using the word bossy to describe a girl's personality can undermine female leadership. If you'll notice, boys are not called bossy, at least not in our culture. They might be called strong leaders, but that word is usually not used to refer to boys' leadership behavior. So we can support girls' leadership by banning the word bossy from our vocabulary. 
I want to live in a world where girls who are strong-willed, powerful leaders feel proud and confident to show this side of themselves without a negative social backlash. Because when you call somebody uh, bossy, you're not saying it as a compliment. Most of us are saying like, she's too bossy, right? She needs to tone it down, quiet it down, listen to other people's opinions, um, wait her turn. And so it's kind of socially, it's a way that we minimize a girl's natural born leadership qualities and encourage them to not be strong leaders. And I don't know about you, but I would, I think our whole country, our whole world would be better off if more women were in leadership positions. I just think that we do a great job of thinking about the whole. I think women are more trained to think about like the kids and the community and the family and like what's going to help everybody. And so I think more women in leadership positions would be great. That is the world I'd like to live in. So today's Supermom Power Boost is to teach your daughter to be an effective leader. And you can consider banning the word bossy. If you want, you could join the movement, buy t-shirts and tote bags and everything by going to banbossy.com. Today's quote of the day is by Amy Poehler. She says, let me take a minute to say that I love bossy women. Some people hate the word, and I understand how bossy can seem like a shitty way to describe a woman with a determined point of view. But for me, a bossy woman is someone to search out and celebrate. A bossy woman is someone who cares and commits and is a natural leader. Amy Poehler. I am with you, Amy Poehler. I love bossy women too. I do not use it as a negative because I have very fond feelings for my best friends growing up who I would have definitely described as being bossy, but I loved every second of it. I will just say a thank you to them for showing me what it means to stand up for yourself, showing me what it means to be fearless, to say whatever comes to your mind and not worry about the consequences. There are girls like me out there who really need to watch you be the full, complete, glorious, bossy leaders of the world. So little thank you. And I will wish you good day. I love you and leave you super moms. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.